Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, we declare today that as we hear the word, faith is going to rise in our hearts because faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And as faith comes, you said in your word that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So Lord, as we hear faith today and as faith comes in our hearts, we thank you that we will be in position of victors and not victims. And so I step back now so the Spirit of God can use me to not only explain your word, but for the Spirit of God to breathe on it so life will be received and change and transformation can take place. And so I thank you that by the end of the message, our hearts will be encouraged and our lives will see change for the better and that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow our lives because you always confirm your word with signs following. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week I started a new series entitled Antisocial. Everybody say antisocial. And uh, the anti is actually crossed out. And if we had to subtitle it, it would be connecting to a self-obsessed world. Our world, even though it has all of this social media to it, it's really pointing us and encouraging us to be about self. That's why you see so many selfies, because it's all about self. And so the purpose of the series is to help you see the need and the value of getting connected to small groups within a church, in, a church environment. Okay, so if you're taking notes, our message title today is Disconnected Disciples. Disconnected Disciples. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 16. We're going to use it as our foundation this morning as we did on last week. And the overall principle that we learned on last week was that being alone is not good. Everybody say, being alone is not good. So in Genesis 2.16, it reads, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely what? Die. Watch verse 18. And the Lord God said, who's speaking? Who? The Lord God. He's speaking. He says, it is what? Not good. Everybody say not good. It is not good that man should be alone. And then he says, I will make a help me for him. So listen, 
for the first time God said that something he created wasn't good, it was when man was alone. And the word alone last week, we defined that as to be apart, to be separated, and to be isolated. Everybody say, to be apart, separated, and isolated. That's what it means to be alone. And the deception of social media is that it seems like it's keeping you connected to people when in reality it's only keeping you informed about people. I'm going to say that again. The deception of social media these days is that it seems like it's keeping you connected to people when in reality it's only keeping you informed about people. And this is the lie that the devil is selling our culture and this is the lie, unfortunately, that the devil is selling to Christians. And this is why many believers, millions of believers, stayed at home because they've accepted the lie that you don't have to go to church. You can just stream on your computer or you can just log on and watch your favorite preacher on YouTube because they bought the lie that I don't have to go to church to grow. Amen. And this is where they've confused, watch this now, learning with growing. You may be learning, but you're not connected to the body of Christ to properly grow. And that's the difference. You can learn all day, but learning and growing are two different things. Amen. And this is why people struggle today finding their purpose People struggle with depression. They, they struggle with anxiety. They struggle with being empty. They feel like they're spiritually stuck. They have no spiritual momentum because they're not connected to a small group or a, a small uh, uh, group of people in a church environment. And notice I'm saying in a church environment. So let's look at some reasons why Christians are disconnected from the body of Christ. So let's go back to now Genesis chapter 2 because I want to point something out that you may not have seen, all right? In verse 18, it says, and God said, everybody saying God said. Here's my question again, who's talking? Okay, all right. He said, it is not good that man should be alone. Watch this now. So that means that it is good when man is not alone. If God said it is not good for man to be alone, then the opposite of that implies that it is good when man is not alone. Can you say amen to that? So God's remedy for spiritual growth is connection. Everybody say God's remedy for spiritual growth is connection. God's remedy for spiritual growth is connection. And without this spiritual connection... You are not growing. You may be learning, but you're not growing. Amen. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 because it actually helps us to understand that it takes a connection to a small group. It takes a connection to a group of people in order for us to grow. And this is the reason I'm reading this verse as well is because it helps me make the first point that I'm going to make. All right. So. Uh, it says now, and I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation in Ephesians 4.15. It says, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing. Everybody say growing. As we speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Okay? And then he says, and Christ, who is the head of what? 
His body. So we have Christ who is the head of His body. If he, if he is the head, there must be a body. And then it says, the body is the what? The church. Everybody say, Jesus' body is the church. And then verse 16 he says, He makes that whole body fit together perfectly and each part, or I'm going to say it like this, each member of this body does its own special work. It helps the other parts to do what? Grow. So watch this now. We, as individual members of the body of Christ, we, when we do our part in this body, helps the other parts or members of this body to grow so that the whole body, watch this now, is healthy and growing and full of love. Now I want you to notice that it says that when connection to this body takes place, the whole body is healthy and growing. Did you see that? Which also means that when I'm not connected to this body, I'm not healthy and I'm not growing. Do you know you can be a member of something, but not an active member of something? Like you can be a member of a family, but not be connected to that family. Amen. And so last week I showed you different ways that you and I can connect and grow as members here at Word of Truth Family Church. And if you weren't here, I want you to go back and watch or listen to the message. So if connection to the body of Christ is good, and it's healthy, and it helps me and you to grow, here's the question, why don't people connect to a church and connect to small groups within a church? Why is that? Well, I'm going to give you now three reasons why people don't connect, all right? So here's the first reason, and I don't want you to take offense of the word that I choose to use to describe this first one, all right? So here's the first reason people choose to not connect or even in some cases disconnect to a church. And the first one is spiritual ignorance. Spiritual ignorance. Now just look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know you was ignorant. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't get offended, right? The word ignorance means without knowledge. Meaning that they don't see connection as a need, they see it as an option. When you see having to connect to a church, and I'm not just talking about attending the church, because let me tell you a secret, you might be learning in this room, but you're not growing if you're not meeting in a smaller setting outside of this room. Thank you for all of those amens that I got. Spiritual ignorance. That's when people don't see connection as a need. They see it as an option. And you and I must see connection as a necessity. Watch this. Because everyone has a longing for belonging. I'm going to say that again. You and I must see connecting to a church, connecting to a smaller group of people. And we have, that's why we have small groups here. That's why we have true group. The word true means teaching, reaching, using everyone. The reason why we, we, listen, we grow larger and we grow smaller. We grow smaller as we grow larger because we create connection points for everyone. And here's why. Everyone has a longing for belonging. And that voidness for belonging, 
gets confusing to people. They feel this devoidness inside. They feel this emptiness. And so instead of understanding that God wants them to connect to a church and connect to a smaller group in the church, they take that, 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 that emptiness and that voidness and they go, see, that's why I need to get married because I, I feel this emptiness. No, 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 no. You're confusing the wrong type of relationship with the real need for a relationship. I'm going to say, listen, you cannot grow spiritually by yourself. And this is why the biggest punishment in prison is solitary confinement. When they want to punish prisoners, you know what they do? They don't stop feeding them. They put them in solitary confinement. Why? They want them, they know that we as humans were not meant to be alone. And the worst punishment somebody can get is to put them somewhere by themselves for 30 or 60 days that'll drive you crazy. Research has proven that physical touch and emotional engagement with a baby helps facilitate and boost the, the, the development of that baby. And babies who don't get physical touch and some type of emotional engagement, they don't develop like they should as babies. And you and I will not develop spiritually like we need to develop if we don't connect in a smaller way to a group of people who's connected to the body of Christ. I'm not talking about being a member of a lodge. I'm not talking about being a member of a frat or a sarah. And I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with that. Because it's not. You can, you, you can stomp all day if you want to. You can do it. Yes, you can. But they're not talking about Jesus. Thank you for that demonstration. Now let me catch my breath. Praise the Lord. So the first reason most people don't connect or disconnect is through spiritual ignorance. Everybody say spiritual ignorance. Here's number two, and that is sins of ourselves. A lot of people never connect to a church and never connect to small groups with a church or they disconnect from a church is because the sins of themselves. In other words, what I'm saying is sometimes people disconnect from churches who were connected because of their own sins and shortcomings. Because a lot of times we think that everybody knows what we're struggling with. Everybody knows we got fired. Girl, everybody talking about me at church. No, they're not because they don't know you. Look in James chapter 5, verse 13. James 5, 13. It says in the King James, Is any among you afflicted? What are you supposed to do? Let him pray. Is anybody happy? Let them sing some psalms. Verse 14. Is anybody sick among you? Watch what he tells us to do. Let him. Let him. Not them. Let him, the person who's sick, call for the elders of the church. And then let them, that sounds like a group to me. Let them, who? Them, who? Them, the elders, that small group. Let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And then the prayer of faith will save that sick person. And the Lord shall raise them up. Here's the part I wanted you to see. And if he or she have committed what class? 
says what will happen. They shall be forgiven. So maybe the forgiveness of your sins have not fully been restored properly because you are absent from the body who can help restore you. God forgives your sins. Men's help you get restored from them. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to show you to you in just a minute. God forgives you for sins, but men help you restore from them. Watch what it says. Let's go down to now uh, uh, verse 16. Let me me say this. Our connection to the body of Christ brings healing to us if we get connected and use that connection to help us. Watch verse 16. Confess your faults. Confess your what? Faults. The word faults means a slip up. Everybody say a slip up. You ever slipped up? Yeah. yeah. They're going to put the definition up there. It means a slip up. It means an unintentional error. It means an offense. Because sometimes that messes up people. It means a willful transgression and sin. In other words, he says, confess your faults, confess your slip ups, confess your unintentional errors. You know, I mean, sometimes you you don't plan on sinning, you just fall in it. You know, just like one day, you know, you was at work and, you know, your co-worker know you've been stressed out, your husband's been stressing you out and, and issues been stressed out, your boss has been stressing you out and so you've been telling them how stressed out you are and you show up to work that day and you ain't smoked weed in a long time. Long time, long time, long time. And they, you come to work that day and they, you sit down and say, hey girl, I got a surprise for you. What is it? I, I Come to the car at break, I tell you. You don't know. So you like, oh, she got a surprise for me. And so you just go to her car like a lamb that's being slain. Like, you get in the car, she whip out this... What do they call them these days? Who? What do they call joints? What do they call them? Who? Blunts? How how y'all know? I ain't going to touch that one. So she she pulls out this blunt. (laughs) And say, girl, this stuff, this... I got this, this will blow your mind. See, that ought to make you get out of the car right there. You don't need your mind blown. And you just slip up and you get high. And you ain't got high in so long, you can't even function at work. You go back in there like this, like. Hi, Angela, hi. And you just sit there and stare at your computer. This is Angela. How may I help you? You just slipped up. He says, confess your slip-ups one to another. That sounds like a group to me. And pray one for another. Why? That you may be healed. Maybe your healing is being held up because you're keeping it to yourself. Watch Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, brethren, he's talking to Christians. 
If a man be overtaken in a fault, if a person slips up, if they even did it intentionally and willful, he says, listen, you who are spiritual are supposed to restore such a one. Listen, when you find people, when you see somebody mess up, and instead of people trying to restore them, they're criticizing them, it's because they're not spiritual. Everybody that goes to a church is not spiritual. It says you who are spiritual, if you are mature, you shouldn't be looking at how to punish the person. You should look at how to restore the person. We should be in the restoring business, not in the critical judgment business, church. My question is, how would you want to be treated? Because the verse says, listen, you who are spiritual, restore them. And it said, listen, you better do it with some meekness because, listen, if you don't consider yourself, you're going to end up being tempted yourself. Amen. So here's a tough statement. Touch your neighbor and say, this is about to be tough right here. Even though hurt sometimes comes from others, Our healing also comes from others and not just God. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes our hurts that we have in life, they come from others. But also we just read our healing comes from others and not just from God. And this is why sometimes people never get completely healed because they're just praying to God for it. But listen, you have to understand God works in people and God works through people. So some people don't connect because of spiritual ignorance. Some because the sins of themselves or our sins of ourselves. Here's number three. Sometimes people disconnect from a church or they never connect to a church because of the sins of the saints. People sometimes don't connect because of past hurtful relationship connections. And I want you to hear this because these past relationship hurts does not even have to be church-related hurts. It could be a past romantic relationship hurt. And here's why the devil wants us to get hurt in relationships. Because the lie he wants us to walk away with is when we got hurt to believe that we can trust nobody. And so what happens if you got hurt in a romantic relationship and you buy the lie that nobody can be trusted, when you come to a church, you ain't going to trust nobody in there because you bought a lie that the devil told you about you being hurt in a personal relationship. Everybody said years ago. Years ago, our church was about maybe three years old, maybe four and this was back in the day, you know, Pastor Evan and Pastor Sar, we, I, listen, we did a whole lot of what y'all doing. I understand. I used to usher. I used to greet, good morning. I used to take up the, I, I did, listen, Pastor Sar worked in True Kids, so we've done it all. And so uh, I remember this particular Sunday, it was so vivid because I gave my tithe. This was before online giving was big. I don't even know if it was there yet. But I gave my tithe and offering in cash that day. Put it in the offering envelope. Put it cash. Put my wife and I's name on there. 
filled out the offering envelope correctly and clearly, <laughs> put the money in there, offering basket came by, put it in there, went on. Now, we were so small back then, I was part of helping count the money, okay? Haven't done it in years, but back then, that's what you got to do. So I was part of the group that helped count. So we, we started counting. We got done. I never saw my money. I said, did anybody see my offering envelope? No, Pastor, we didn't say, did you give? Yeah, I gave. <laughs> A lot of money I gave in there. So I was like, that's strange because I know I gave my offering. So then I started thinking, well, who was all on the front row? Not to accuse them, I just want to know if they offering is in there. So we started checking and everybody in the front row's offering was missing. Huh. I said, somebody must be stealing like Judas. We got a Judas in the church. So I called the school. I said, hey, 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 can you all do me a favor? They said, what? I said, can I come up there to the security office and look at the security cameras? Because at the schools, there were cameras everywhere. You couldn't turn without being on the camera. And just for your information, we have a lot of cameras here. I would keep my hands in my pocket. No, 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 no. I'm just throwing this in for free. So, you know, when we, when we first got our cameras, those lenses on those cameras were like, I don't know, like three or $4,000. And they accidentally left the, the lens on the camera uh, one Sunday in the back. And the camera fell over and broke the lens. Three grand? That's a lot of money. That means a group of y'all have to make $30,000 for us to get the tithe of 3000 30 grand ain't easy to come by. Oh, but thank God for the cameras. Because my staff went on like cameras, because there's cameras in here, and just rerun. And uh, we noticed that the cleaning lady dropped the camera. So we just went to the cleaning people and showed them the evidence. All we said was four words, show us the money. They paid us, but going back to the story. So I'm, I'm sitting there with the security people, and I'm watching, and after offering got, you know, gets taken up, uh, we're watching, and every time they turn a corner, another camera picks it up, and I noticed that the person who took the money out of the bucket was the last person because he was walking in line. See, what really needs to happen, you need to walk side by side, one, two, one, two, one. No, they was all in a straight line, and the last person was putting his hand in the cookie jar. Well, one for you, one for me. One for you, one for me. So I was like, hot dog, I got, we got them. So I called this person and I invited him to my house because, you know, we didn't have no church office back then. I said, hey, listen, 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 listen. Is there anything you need to tell me? No, I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. Everything, everything all right with you? No, everything's not all right with me right now. <laughs> you, you sure you ain't got nothing to tell me? 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I said, I, I think you need to tell me something. Well, what is it, Pastor? I said, well, well, I noticed that what I gave in church, we couldn't find it. And uh, we, we, we looked at the video, and uh, you sure there's nothing you need to tell me? No, I'm good, Pastor. I'm good. Okay, well, I say, I'll tell you what. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to tell you something. I say, there's grace on the front end of what I'm telling you. But there's judgment on the back end of what I tell you. So you choose if you want grace or judgment. So do I need to finish the story? Go ahead and finish, Pastor. I say, well, it looks like you took money out of the offering. Oh, no, Pat, I would never do it. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, so I just took out all the steel shots from the camera. Is that you? That looks like the FUBU shirt you had on Sunday. Oh, we had it in color and black and white. It was all there. And I said, listen, listen, listen. There's grace on the front end. But if you're not honest with me, the police are going to beat you home. Take your choice. Oh, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, you are sorry. You are sorry. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. That day, the devil was trying to get me to not trust people. And that's how the devil wants you to do so that you won't connect in a healthy way to a church. And had I, listen, had I not, had I bit that lie, had I bought it, had, had I believed the lie and said, I can't trust nobody, our church would probably be as big as that sound booth in there because you have to trust people to do ministry. And you have to trust God first because if you don't trust God first, you won't be able to trust nobody else. Say amen to that. And if hurt that a person experienced happened in a church setting, then the lie is that no church can be trusted. And what makes this so demonic is that we can have a negative experience on our job and decide to leave, but we don't retire from working. We just find another job somewhere. So why is it when people get hurt from church, they stop going to church altogether because the devil knows all he has to do to stop your spiritual growth is to disconnect you from church and disconnect you from a small group because he knows you might learn by yourself, but you can't grow by yourself. And these past relationship hurts that people run into, listen, they come in the form of offenses. Everybody say offenses. And uh, offenses, I'm going to give you now what causes offense. Because this is one of the main things that the devil uses on people, especially church people, is offense. So what are the causes of offense? Here's the first one. Taking on offenses of others. This is why people get offended in church. They get offended from taking on the offense of others. In other words, and then here's the thing. When most of the time, that person who got offended from somebody else's offense, they didn't even get both sides of the story. Amen. One of the members just, after this first service, came to me and the exact same thing. Someone... Uh, let me just say it like this. When you don't know the whole story, 
you are probably getting offended for nothing. They tell you, girl, you know, I give my tithe, I give my offering, and I, I call the church and ask them to give me some help, and they didn't help me. I'm a, I ain't going back to that church. You shouldn't be going there. You tithe, girl. What they didn't tell you is they've applied for financial assistance five times in the same year. What they didn't tell you is that we did help them several times. What they didn't tell you is they don't tithe, but we help them anyway. See, you don't know that, but you so blind. Because she your friend. Everybody say taking on the offenses of others. Here's number two. People disconnect or never connect to a church because they get mad at God of what he may not have done for them or what he may have done for others. I understand. I've been mad at God before. You know, when I saw that building, uh, when we was about in year 10, I saw a, a, a grocery store that I wanted to buy. And, and the Lord told me, he said, listen, I want you to build a building. I, want you to, I don't want you to buy a building, but I saw that building. I went home. I was like, Lord, hey, what are we going to do about this building? It's a great building. It's not far from where we are. We can, we can grow and plant and stop setting up and breaking down. And he says, don't mess with that building. It ain't yours. I'm like, whose is it? <laughs> I am not happy. I, I stayed mad at the Lord for about a week. I don't know why I was mad because he already told me it wasn't mine. And, and it's, he said, Evan, finally he came back. He said, hey, listen, son, listen. Does that building match the promise I gave you? What's the promise, son? Well, you said you was going to plant us in a place of our own and move no more. He said, would you have to move if you got that place? I said, well, yeah, it don't have enough parking, don't have no land in it. He said, then it ain't yours because it don't match the promise. Amen. Some people disconnect because they get mad at God because of what he di didn't do for them. Or what he may have done for others. Here it is. Sheila has been a. I'm trying to find a better word. Than. Whore. What's a better word than that? What's a better word? What's a better word? Huh? I don't already say it. I still want to say the better word. We might edit it. You never know. Give me a better word. Who? Harlot? Okay. What did I say her name was? Sheila. Sheila's a harlot. And God done blessed her with a man. And here it is, you get keeping yourself to the Lord. It's been years. Now you mad at the Lord. Here we go. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Perceiving, perceiving that others were offended and we become offended. You think somebody got upset about something, and so you got upset about it. Here's number four. Some, someone does something we don't like, or they don't do something our way. You know, you may have given them a suggestion on doing something, and they don't, you know, they don't, they don't apply the suggestion. And so you get upset, but you got to understand. Sometimes we're just thinking of where we are, and what, we, what we're trying to do has a bigger picture to it. Amen. Here's the next one. Misperception. Sometimes when we hear something that wasn't said. Or, you know, you walk by and you say hi. Let's say you say hi to me and I didn't hear you. And see there. I knew he was stuck up. I, well, I know he, he looked right at me and I said, good morning, pastor. I didn't hear you. 
but you thought I heard you. And so you bought a lie. He stuck up. You know, a lot of times what we think about people, the only way we believe is true because we that way. But anyway, keep going. Here's the next one, correction. Oh, man, I'm out of time. Here's the next one, correction. Some people leave a church because they get corrected. The word correction means to straighten up again. That's all it means, to straighten up again. And correction only grieves people who forsaken the right way of doing something. In fact, Proverbs 15, 11 in the King James says, Correction is grievous to those who forsakes the way. And to he that hates reproof, they're going to die. Now, the God's Word translation says this. Discipline or correction is terrible, is a terrible burden to anyone who leaves the right path. If you find correction being grievous and hard, it's because you don't want to do right on the inside. Here's the next one. Unresolved past offenses. Maybe you disconnected from a church. You left Reverend Pharaoh's church and you came to Word of Truth Family Church because at Reverend Pharaoh's church you applied to be an usher but one of the qualifications there is you have to be a tither to be an usher and so in looking at the instead of looking at the fact saying I'm not tithing that's why they didn't let me do it you just look at the rule oh oh they just don't want me to be an usher oh I see what kind of church this is it got all these cliques up in here all these people up in there all these fake folks up in here all these wannabe Christians up in here. I don't need to be up in here. No, you need to be looking at yourself and going, I'm a God robber. That's why they don't want to be to be an usher. I need to stay nice with this message. Let me smile. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Is unresolved. Uh, here's the next one. Personal standards or a set of expectations that a person does not mean. That's what happened to the prodigal son's brother. They saw, he saw his dad throw his brother a party and he had a problem because he didn't think the dad would throw him a party, but he never asked his dad to throw him a party because the dad told him, hey, I'll throw you a party too. And sometimes these expectations that people have that a church may not meet, they take them personal. But you have to understand, and I know there are certain guidelines we have. We're not going to satisfy everybody. But you have to understand, let me just say this. We're like American Express. I guess that's what that is. Membership has its privileges. Listen, we're going to cater to our members way before we cater to non-members. We love non-members. We love everybody. But it is our responsibility to make sure that our members at this church are taken care of. And so we have some guidelines. We don't, we, we don't do non-member funerals here because if we did if we had to do your your uncle's funeral you know how many uncles in this room we'll be doing funerals every day we don't do weddings outside of members in here why because we will be doing weddings all the time we're going to do weddings for you though Amen. So everybody's not going to understand that. And I'm okay with that. But I want you to see, don't let expectations that are not realistic to get you offended. So here's how offense stays in and then I'm done. Because next week, I'm just going to give you how to overcome offenses. I'm going to show you how to do that. Because you will not connect to this church. You will not connect in a small group. Because you're like, well, I was in a small group and I, my, I started hearing my business roll around the streets. <laughs> Just fine.
find another group then. Find another group. <laughs> so here's what keeps offense in. This is why people stay offended. Number one, dignity or pride. They know they hurt me. I shouldn't have to tell nobody nothing. They, uh, dignity or pride. Here's the second one, disregarding. In other words, pretending as if whatever happened wasn't a big deal, but it was a big deal. Here's number three, damage from our past. That's what keeps us offended, the damage from our past, because those are hurts that we haven't let go of. And then here's number four, the, and I'm talking about this is not for church. I want you to look at your relationships personally too, especially to your in-laws or outlaws, whichever one they are. Anyway, number four, here's the last one, and that is deliberate decisions to hold on to past hurts. That's called unforgiveness. Can I tell you this, church? Unforgiveness is for you, not for other people. So did y'all get something out of the word? So bow your heads right there. I'm going to show you how, I'm going to give you the steps of how to get out of the struggle of, of, of offense.